Welcome to Business Dharma, conversations about the future of business at the intersection of people, planet, profit, and spirituality for leaders, innovators, visionaries, and changemakers. We explore ideas and build the bridge to the future. Angela Jameson is an entrepreneur, writer, transformational life coach, and ex-petroleum engineer. After an international career in oil and gas where she and her family lived in the Netherlands and Brunei Darussalam, Angela came home to Saskatoon to raise her young family and start a new chapter in life. She specializes in introducing engineers and other science-based professionals to their inner world so that they may lead more meaningful and satisfying lives. She is working on creating a digital membership for the fall of 2022, as well as finishing her book. She lives on an acreage south of Saskatoon with her husband, three children, and one cat. Angela can be contacted through her website at www.angelajameson.com. Angela, thanks so much for joining us today on the Business Dharma podcast. We're excited to have you. Hey, Kim, thanks for having me. It's uh, so much a pleasure to be here. And for our guests that don't know you, Angela has an amazing life story, which I'm hoping we're going to get some snippets where you went from working in the corporate world as an executive traveling all over the world to a transformational life coach. So I won't steal your introduction too much, but can you tell our guests a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I'm, I wasn't a corporate executive. I was an engineer. So I was a reservoir engineer with Shell International and was able to travel all over the world with that. Um, did get to a, you know, middle management kind of team leader, that kind of role before I decided to come back. But it was um, just wanting to travel the world and having that vision as a child that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, my dad was a university professor and we went on sabbatical every seven years. And so I knew that was just living in a different place is different than being a tourist. And so that's that became important to me. So um, I was really pleased that um, I became an engineer that allowed me to do that because science is the same the whole world round. Um, initially I was going to be an accountant and just, I guess the two weeks before I was supposed to apply for university, um, I had this big epiphany of like, is this really what I want to do? And went into the guidance counselor's office at high school. And I've never been in there before. But I said, I'm having a crisis. I don't know what I'm going to study. And she said, well, let's do some aptitude tests. And did these tests and it all came out architect, engineer. And I had no clue what an engineer was. So when I looked into it, well, I'm, I like math and science, so let's give it a go. And that was the real turning point of enabling me to have this international career that I wanted from, from very young. Okay, so how does one go from being an international engineer to a transformational life coach? Well, yeah, so coming back to Canada, 
I had popped out three children along the way. And that's after the third one, I said, I think I want to go home. I, I had a great childhood here in um, Saskatoon. So I thought I would bring my children back to have that same kind of childhood. And um, just decided to come back. And I knew we didn't really have a big oil and gas um, industry here in Saskatoon. So I knew I would have to reinvent myself somehow. So I thought, I'm a smart person. I can figure this out, knowing not knowing really what I was going to do. So um, I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. I did some consulting on the engineering side. Um, and I'm also running a business, a product-based business, UVC air purification, which has become kind of a forefront um, topic with this last pandemic we've had. Um, but during that, when I trained up my in, my national network on the product, I thought, you know, what am I going to do? And I think you, you had mentioned um, maybe prior <laughs> that I'm writing a book. And... So this book has been in my head for decades, and it's a personal development book. So I thought, well, why don't I learn how to run a business based on this book? So um, okay, wait, I know that this book has like the funnest title ever, and I need you to share it with the audience. It's all about taking life, like not taking life seriously. So it's called using number two to get to number one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay. Tell about, us about that. Okay. Well, it's it's all these personal development concepts, how to be the best you. Um, and I've been reading so much about that, and I read so many books, I read so many articles, but then sometimes I can't remember what exactly they said. So, how to apply it to your life when you don't have those reminders? So when I've I've put all of these personal development concepts and related it to your digestive system. So it's like eating, digesting, and yes, pooping, because we all do that. Every living being does that. So when I've related these concepts to those different activities, it will kind of trigger your mind to think about those things as we do it during the day. Can I have a sneak peek from the book I'm going to give you a uh like a bowel movement or a so the bowel movement how does that relate so the bowel movement there's a lot of concepts to do with that but the most obvious one is let let it go you know like relax let it go so this is like you're letting go of your waste so whatever crap you have in your life let it go and when you do your business so yeah, this is an example. You're doing your business. You it's in the toilet. I'm sorry to get so graphic. Well, give and it you, to me. And you flush the toilet. And then do you think about what you deposited? No. No, I love what you're saying. I have a I have a good friend who said to me the other day, her son was um lamenting over a relationship that wasn't going very well. And she used the example with him on. She's like, when you cut your finger. Do you open it up and do you say to yourself, kind of okay, I cut it last year. Can I see it? Do, do I want to cut it open just to make sure it's healing and like keep digging at it to make sure it's healing? She's like, no, you leave it alone. And it's like, why do we keep cutting this wound open? And I hear kind of the same thing in what you're saying is 
let your shit go. But we have this natural human tendency to want to look and replay the worst parts of our lives or ourselves over and over again. I, at least that's what I'm thinking you're saying. That's absolutely. So yeah, so as you let your waste go down the toilet and into your sewage system, let that be all the bad thoughts you've got, like let it go and move on. So we were talking about your career from going from an engineer to becoming a transformational life coach. And you started bringing in the book. What was the moment where you took all these concepts that were starting to fuel your own journey and said to yourself, wait a second, there's a vocation here. I think it was just talking to friends and, you know, giving them a concept here or there and them really responding to it. Like, Oh yeah, I get that. Or, you know, just saying, well, let's take the bowel movement thing. I would say like, just let it go. Like you do every morning and people going, yeah, okay. I, I can, I can relate to that. And then also just, I'm, I'm kind of a quirky person that way. And things sort of manifest themselves in sort of digestive talk to me. Um, so I thought, let's just write a book about it. Have fun, not, not to sell books or anything that would be nice, but just to do it because I think it's something brewing in my mind and something that just needs to be let out. So you're getting to the really the crux of today's conversation, which is that growth mindset. How do you take the journey of life and turn it into this slow cultivation of who we become, loving the journey, taking what is, letting go, being quirky, having fun, and stop taking it so damn personal so we're enjoying the ride. At least that's how I start to define growth mindset, which is what I really want to talk to you about. How would you describe growth mindset? Well, growth mindset is something I've had to learn in my later years because I think I was raised and the opposite of the growth mindset is the fixed mindset where you think your intelligence and your talents are fixed. And so you perform at a certain level with a growth mindset. You believe your talents um, and your intelligence can be shaped and can be grown and you focus more on the growth than you do the outcome. So, you know, I grew up. Uh, in an Asian household, we're very results oriented. And uh, I came with all the good oriental qualities. I like math and I play a musical instrument. That <laughs> seems to be something in our genetic makeup. So, but what was really valued or where we got praise was when we won awards, when we got the A pluses, you know, the A's weren't good enough. You need the A plus. And thankfully, I, I was able to achieve that, but my siblings, for instance, they found it harder. They had to work a lot harder for their grades, which weren't always A's, but I was the one rewarded for my performance, but I actually didn't have very good study skills. So it's going through life. When you have a, a good capacity, which I was blessed to get a little bit of that, you can kind of cruise through life without really learning anything. Um, so what I found, I got to second year engineering and I remember the day where they said, okay, we're in a materials class, calculate the, the thickness of the wall that this pipe would have to be in order to hold a certain force of water running through it. So what I did, I just took all of the, the factors that they gave us, calculate, calculate, 
had the answer and I just sat there and everyone else kept working and I'm going, are you guys dumb? Like, just, just calculate this. It's really easy. You just calculate this and this. The lab instructor came by, looked at my paper and he said, so did you take a look at the pipe you designed? And I looked at it and I was like, oh, my pipe wall thickness was 10.1 meters. That's not a very good pipe. So the whole thing was you were supposed to click onto, you needed a different material than concrete. And that day was the day I learned that I need to think a different level. I can't just take the numbers, put them together, spit them out. I actually need to think about what they mean. Right. And so that was second year university that I started thinking because I did, I had good grades all throughout high school. And I have to admit, I didn't really, I must have not thought that much. So that was a really sort of the whole growth mindset. But if we look back at society, and I'm, I'm probably a decade and more older than you, if we just even look at our video games, I don't know if, did you play Mario Kart when you were, or Mario Brothers? Oh, yeah, totally Mario Kart. Like that was all the rage. <laughs> I know. So I, my siblings and I played Mario Brothers. Those were the days you had three lives and you had to get as far as you could with three lives. When you died, you went all the way back to the beginning. So we're just like trying to get the best we could with three lives. And then a long pause with video games. I wasn't really into it. And then my kids start playing. Now you've got five lives and they reset forever. So you can actually get through all of the worlds with their, with the number of lives because they're infinite lives, right? So my kids, when they're playing together, they're like killing each other. They're, they're like jumping on each other's heads to try to find the big gold coins that I only had one run through to go. And they're just having fun. And, and, you know, when they kill each other just to laugh, I'm just like, what are you doing? (laughs) So they're actually been brought up that actually encourages the growth mindset because as they use more lives, they're learning how to do things better and they get a little bit farther every time. Whether, whereas mine was, I have three chances. That's all you got. How far can you get? It was kind of the end result. So I, I find that kind of in, um, how it's infused in our common like video games quite fascinating that it's changed like that over a few decades. Yeah, I, I think there is a generational difference between the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. I remember similar to you, I had such a fixed mindset growing up. And I think about the pain that it caused me and that I was on the other end of that spectrum and that things didn't necessarily come easy to me or natural. And the story that I was so married to is that I, you know, I wasn't measuring up to the other kids and I wasn't enough. And I remember taking failure so personally as a child and that when um, something would happen and it would show that I didn't make the mark on just being crushed and thinking that was the end of the world. And I look back on that now and I'm like, oh, that really was that fixed mindset and believing that I was stuck where I was and I couldn't work at it. And then kind of fast forward to university where I found something that I loved and I was interested in and I learned how to study. 
my mark started improving. There was that marked difference in how it was showing up in my attitude. And it's like, oh, I just needed to apply myself in a different way than other people. And I like, I love that story because of um, the difference between a growth versus a fixed mindset, because if you have that fixed mindset and really believe that how I'm born is who I am and, you know, either you're good or you're bad, the ability for our species to change and for us as individuals to evolve diminishes substantially. But if you see kind of where you are now is just one moment in time, then it does like what you're talking about with the video game. It opens up all of these doors and the possibility to treat life almost like an a la carte where I'm going to try something. I'm going to experiment and play. I'm going to be able to follow my passions and I'm going to work for what I want, which is so different than just kind of that imprint that was on me from such a young age. Yeah. And that's a really important point is how people deal with failure and with a fixed mindset, like you said, it's devastating. It's like, you're so worried about how you look because you think you're smart that when you have a failure, it's crushing and you hide it. And I learned to hide my failures because my parents didn't like failure, failing. They didn't like to hear about failure. So I didn't ever tell them you always swept it under the rug. Whereas a growth mindset and I think the the lady that actually talked about it in her book, Mindset, Carol Dweck, and I, I don't know if she's the inventor of the term, but um, she seems done, to kind of be the, the mother of it as far yeah, as discovering the psychology yeah. and doing all the tests with the children on it. Yeah, um, she has a, a graphic which shows someone with a fixed mindset and someone with a growth mindset when they make a mistake. And it's really clear that the fixed mindset person tries to totally avoid it. They just like, oh, didn't happen. And the growth mindset brain lights up because they say, ooh, okay, what? I failed. That didn't work. So let's go. What what am I supposed to learn? What should I have done? And that just the whole concept of using failure to fuel your future is what we need to really think about. Like if we don't ever fail, we're never pushing our own personal envelopes for achievement. And that's what I've really had to change my mind about because going into this life coaching, it's been a real, I have no clue what I'm doing. So I'm going to try a few things. I'm going to test it. And my whole concept is fail fast because I'm standing at a whole bunch of intersections of I could do A, B, or C. And I could stand at that intersection forever and never move because, yeah, I don't really know what to do. But why don't just take take one route, fail fast, then you know, if I failed on A, I'm going to try B and C if they were equal decisions at the at the decision node, right? So failing fast is actually the best way to move forward in uncertainty. I, I love that. And when you and I spoke, I think it was like three or four months ago, you and I were talking and he said, my goal for this year is to fail fast. And I loved that because even though I, well, as doing a lot of coaching and doing this work, and I'm not sure if you're the same, it's like you, you teach what you need to know. And so I teach a lot about mindset and failing fast and how to look. And it's like still this constant embodying and unprogramming some of that fixed mindset that was so part of my DNA growing up. And so I want to hear from you as a life coach, what are some of the tricks to 
we can say fail fast, but like shit, Angela, it still feels so personal when we do fail. So how do I still feel it and move towards that growth mindset? Yeah, because I I think you can't help but feel it if you have that relationship and it's slowly changing that relationship to that occurrence. So it's it's changing the emotion that gets fired and it's probably hard to do very quickly. It's sort of an evolution of time to be aware of what you need to do. So for instance, you fail, you have that ugh feeling and then you go, okay, wait, what is this really showing me and having that awareness to have that okay wait moment and being very comfortable and this is very a common saying being comfortable in the in the discomfort of failing and changing it to what it really is is it a redirection is it just you need to practice something more because everything in life is possible if you keep working at it if you believe in it you can make it happen so it's it's really just getting comfortable with that discomfort. Comfortable with the discomfort. So and I've actually, got all sorts of ideas what that means, but you tell me. Well, rewarding yourself for different things. Cheesecake? Like, yes, yes, with cheesecake. No, I, so, I, I'm only being a little bit facetious in this, in that how do we reward ourselves in a way that isn't sabotaging ourselves as we're trying to reprogram. Cause I see some of that too. Yeah. So you could easily sabotage yourself by, you know, being so fixed and it, it takes you down, right. Or using it as an excuse to procrastinate. But what I like to do is to take note of my failures, like, uh, and what I spoke about, I'm part of a mastermind that we talk about how can we, uh, build our client base, for instance, when it's so hard to talk to people about being clients. So we, we've we decided to have a piece of paper and we write no all over it. No, 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 no. And whenever you talk to someone and they say no, you go, tick, got one, right? So it's a game of how many no's can you get before you get a yes? And that kind of can fire you a different way and and gets your brain thinking that this is a game. So let's make it fun. And if you said no, that's okay because each no is on my way to a yes. Hmm. So it's that reprogramming your your brain on normally a no is associated with like Ugh. and you're saying gamify it on yeah. see the no as just one more door that's that door is closing. So another door can open. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. And I guess every no is a fast fail too. Because if you'd never ask anyone and you think, oh, I shouldn't ask them because they, they might say no. Well, you don't know until you get the no. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, got it. And then it's you move funny. On. It's funny you say that I can relate to that so much. And that was when I, I as you know, as a business owner, you have to get comfortable in sales, which is people who have worked in other spaces before. It's like, I have to what in sales. I think if you don't come from a sales world, you might have all these negative connotations with it. And so I started working with a sales coach who totally shifted my mindset on that and to the place exactly where you're saying where a no is great 
because then you know and you can move on. And I was having lunch with this organizational leader I'd taken on two or three lunches. And it came time to like, I have to shift the dynamic. Either we want to talk about next steps or we don't um, because you put so much energy out there and you need to know, you know, are we going to go forward? Aren't we? Um, And you're tired of buying lunch, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) And so we'd had enough of these meetings and I kind of stepped into my power and I just shifted the conversation on um, I would love to I would love to explore, um, but I need to know where your organization's at. Does it feel like we're ready to start talking next steps or not? And he said, no, it was like hard no. And I'm so glad I had the conversation, but it was like hard no. And like, here's why. Um, they were working with somebody else and a bunch of other things. Um, but then I looked at him and I said, thank you. That's great news. And he stopped me and he was like, that's great news. I said, yes. <laughs> I said, a no makes her, I told him like, that's perfect. A no makes room for yes. We know where we're sitting and now we can both move forward. I was like, I absolutely. So I agree with you on, um, shifting that mindset of what a no means. And I, as I kind of work with mindset, my mindset in my life, I notice that kind of where I'm supposed to be in life is based on, I say, when I'm in the right place, the right time, doors seem to open. If I'm getting a bunch of no's, it's like, that's good. That's good information. And I think life turns to information gathering versus this justification of my own internal worth and looking for validation outside of yourself. I'm not sure if you can relate to that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that layer of not it being a comment on your personal worth, that's what you got to shed because it's just sorting and sifting what you like and what you don't like or what's working and what's not working. So just in your personal life, if we take it away, away from the business thing, you know, everything you go through, it's easier to say what you don't like. But what you need to do is shift that to, okay, if if I learned that, what do I like then? And so every piece of information is pointing you towards more clarity on really anything, any topic that you're you're considering. Just information. Just information. Okay, so I'm asking for a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going. No, I'm asking because I, you know, I, for me, I use this stuff because it has helped open so many doors for my life, but by no means um, am I fully there. Those moments when we're still stuck in seeking external validation and we catch ourselves. What do we do, Angela? Well, it is just the knowledge. I think you got to get people to the point of knowing they are enough, Um, that just existing is enough and working on that acknowledgement. And whatever you do in life, it's a gift. If you look at anyone that's made um, a difference in our world, they're always a little weird, right? They're thinking different than, than the pack. And so I always tell my kids, we like weird, like be as weird as you want. Yeah, because you, will, you will change fly. the world, right? <laughs> if you're just going to be part of where everybody else is, you, you haven't really added much spice to the world. So what is your spice? If you think about people that you've gone to school with, even say elementary school, maybe the really quiet boy in the back who never spoke. And I had one of those. And I always wondered, 
where where he ended up but my my life was enriched by his presence so even though he might not have thought he was worth that much i still think he his energy gave me something mm. so when we all realize that just because we exist we empower we we give our energy to everyone around us and that changes everyone else even if they don't realize it your own inherent worth regardless of external circumstances if you're trying to please people you will never please everyone so then you're constantly searching for validation that you will never get because you please this person and then you don't please the other person um and it does start unfortunately usually with parents right like you mom says this dad says that you never really get a right answer so you really have to listen to yourself can you give us angela's vision to help us start understanding a good vision and how it differs from the stuff in a simple goal yeah and i have revamped my whole life purpose with a growth mindset and which is growth freedom and joy and when you can tag on your daily activities to those three areas that is your life purpose so it's not anything in particular but it's what can i do today that will give me joy what can i do today that will grow my mind and what can i do today that will give me freedom the freedom one is an interesting one because that's really all we want as humans like we want enough money so that we have freedom um but we are often held captive by our thoughts so another way to look at it is what thought do i need to be free of today so as we think of those three areas and how we can improve our lives in that every day i believe that gives us a really strong growth mindset purpose okay so i want to i want to start bringing this home then i'm hearing your and maybe you summarize it for me what are the three takeaways if if i can know anything about having and flexing and building this muscle on a growth mindset what are they the three takeaways for the growth number 1 is to recognize that it's better for you because when you know that this is what you want to do you will catch yourself more every time whenever you're displaying a fixed mindset you go what that's my that's old me i want to be growth person so how can i change this so i think that's the biggest one because when we give ourselves a gift of awareness then we improve if we aren't aware we can get swallowed in the weeds um 2 and 3 is to work on it every day like 2 uh point number 2 would be to find some consistency every day to work towards the better you so little tricks that i give my clients is if they have a constant nagging negative thought I make them write a list of things that they can think of that will take them to a good spot immediately. Because you can never uh, I don't you know when you have kids when they're doing something wrong, 
you can't like sit down and reason it out. You distract them. You distract them with a puppet. You distract them with something fun. You unfortunately give them candy sometimes. (laughs) But that's what you have to do to yourself is distract yourself. Because sometimes you're not going to get to the bottom of a thought. You're not going to get resolution on this relationship that didn't work for you. You're not going to get um, you're not going to get that feeling of fairness that you figure your boss didn't judge you properly on that last project. Life isn't fair. So you got to whenever you have this thought fire up, it's to think of something on that list. So you have these five things I suggest people do five um, scenes you can pull up to immediately get you in a better mood and distract yourself. So the third one, I would really recommend people to meditate. And that is, and it can be, so in my book, you know, is like, don't take your phone into the bathroom with you. Like just sit and be still and claim those moments for yourself to not be busy. And just, you know, you're letting your body work. It's the momentum is going to do what it does. But to empty your brain a little and get clarity from silence. Get and I really, clarity from silence. Oh, yes. that feels so good. I know. And we don't do enough of it. We are filling our brains with scrolling through mindless videos. And sometimes you just need to be still. And if that means you take your stillness from your daily, hopefully, bowel movement, then that is a win. Then you're getting to number one from number two. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you for this. And I love that you ended on a good paradox of, because I love paradox. Uh, I always say to clients, oh, they're like, is it this or this? I'm like, good news is it's both. And I love that you ended with Number two is a list to distract yourself. Number three is silence and clarity. <laughs> and so I, I love that holding the both and noticing um, kind of what I'm hearing, the crux of that, the distractions that um, are fueling, like notice how you feel when you scroll on social media, you don't get off and actually feel good versus the places where you're taking yourself out and you're actually filling your cup and then giving yourself that space to just be. Um, and be in your body and notice that it has it knows what to do if we just relax it's going to take you home so thank you for that and thank you for your time today I am going to be thinking about this conversation for a while (laughs) well thank you so much for the opportunity if I was inspired by your work and I want to find your book sign up to your mailing list and talk to you about being a coach where the heck would I find you Well, you can find me on LinkedIn or my website, AngelaJameson.com. So the Jameson is IE, not like the whiskey. (laughs) And right now I'm not taking any more one-on-ones, but I'm working towards having a digital membership starting this fall. So that if you get on my mailing list, then you will get the information for that. So yeah, that's where you find me. Fantastic. Thank you, Angela. Thanks a lot, Kim.